This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing up in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission in the places that God has put us. Hey, welcome to episode two of our Missional Community podcast. My name is Jared Pickney, and I am with Mr. Brad Watson from Portland. Brad, how are you today? I'm really swell. Fantastic, man. Well, looking forward to episode two. Hey, if you're just joining us, if you missed kind of the introduction to our episodes, basically, here's how this came about. Brad is a wealth of knowledge and information, and as a... uh, <laughs> a struggling uh, pastor trying to launch missional communities and make disciples here in Paragold. I constantly was bugging him, calling him like, hey, what do you do here? What do you do there? Uh, What happens here? And uh, I think eventually he was like, look, man, if I'm going to keep throwing these pearls of wisdom (laughs) out, like we're going to have to record this so other people can be blessed by it. And I totally agree. And so, uh, Brad, man, so glad that we get to do this together. Um, Hey, if we can, I just want to jump right into it for the sake of time. So awesome. A question I think that a lot of people ask is how do you lead a multiplication? So it's one thing to get a group of people, right? Like eight, nine, 10 people super excited about, yeah, like we're going to make disciples and mm-hmm. we're going to be a missional community. But how do you go from one missional community to two missional communities and then three and four and five and, and so on? Does that make sense? Yeah. Love that question. Um, I love thinking, writing about it. I think it really gets to the heart too of what missional communities really are, uh, even the DNA of them. Uh, the DNA of a healthy missional community is multiplication because uh, missional communities are outward oriented. Uh, they're not uh, simply inward growing and caring for each other. They're moving outward. And so as a community moves out, the natural progression is to actually see as disciples are being made, people being called, compelled to go out and engage in new missions and new communities. And so, yeah, I think it's totally um, at the heart of, of the whole missional community movement. Um, yeah, I don't think you could use the word movement if there wasn't multiplication. Hmm. I am such a fan of dorky puns. You know, I've, I'm a dad and I like <laughs> to tell dad jokes. Uh, multiplication uh, is a really simple equation. Uh, it is arithmetic, if you will. The equation for multiplication, and I think this helps leaders so much avoid all sorts of pitfalls, is multiplication uh, exists when you have equipped leaders plus committed community plus common mission that always produces new communities. It's good stuff. So it's not that multiplication is, oh, we have a large group, we split it in half, or we've got a leader, we send them out on their own, or... Um, Hey, we've just got a bunch of people and a bunch of leaders. Let's just keep, you know, you know, multiplying this into tons of little small versions without a mission. Mm. Like each time a multiplication happens, even when I sit with communities who are saying, Hey, I think we should multiply. I draw this little equation on a piece of paper. I said, okay, well, what it is, is new leaders, new community, new mission. That's a new 
missional community. Okay, so let me get this straight real quick because I'm not good at arithmetic, but I just want to make sure. So what you're saying is if you're going to have a missional community and multiply mm-hmm. missional communities, you got to have leaders who have been equipped, obviously, to lead a community and making disciples and making disciples, right? you got to have, obviously, a community. you got to have people around. Not You can't just be like one leader by himself, right? They need other people to, to, to hop on board with them, and then they need a common mission, right? So, like, that, that's, that's a huge shift for people, I think, Brad, is, like, Everybody knows, right, that, that we are, I think everybody knows, I assume that, that we're called to live on mission, right, as Christians. Like, we're called to go and share the gospel and to make disciples. But you're not just talking about here having a reactive mission, like as individuals throughout the week, but every community needs a common mission, a proactive mission. And together, if you have the leaders, community, and common mission, then you have a new community, right, new missional community, correct? Is that? Yeah, totally, totally. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a great You've got the math down. Sweet. Jared. So what if, what <laughs> if, stay with me, I hope I don't throw you a curveball here, if you take away equipped leaders and you just have like committed community plus common mission? Yeah, that happens, I think, all the time. And it's even one of my biggest regrets in my, you know, seven years leading missional communities in Portland is we did that once. Uh, we had a really large group of people like, a, a large not the people weren't particularly large but the amount of us was large and we couldn't fit in our house anymore it was exhausting and we thought oh man i we just can't do this anymore there's there's too many people and so we engaged not in multiplication but crowd management mm-hmm. which was hey you know there's four of us leading this group um let's you know two of us take half the people the other two take the other half let's manage this crowd uh, let's hmm. let's hmm. split. Yeah. Uh, yep. So it was there. basically addition by subtraction. And so what ended up happening though is we failed to realize that God was actually doing something special with that thirty group of people. With that group of thirty, like there was a reason we were all together. Um, God was actually doing and moving and forming us. We also failed to realize that those thirty people were at totally varying degrees of commitment. Uh, we also realized that we hadn't equipped or trained leaders uh, to form an actual leadership core. Mm. Um, mm. So the the equation isn't, you know, one leader plus community plus mission equals a new MC. It's leaders plural. So we hadn't equipped people to join us. And so both, both leadership uh, couples that kind of split the group in half got really exhausted really quickly, felt like we were you know, just banging our heads against the wall, um, doing everything on our own, and it just wasn't sustainable. So that group actually came back and formed one group uh, because it it wasn't a multiplication at all. Yeah, so that's what happens if you take the leaders out of it. So if you just have committed community plus common mission, you have crowd management. Um, What if you have equipped leaders and a common mission but not really committed community? Yeah, that's, yeah, also made that mistake. Uh, there was this uh, wonderful couple in our in our community. They're amazing uh, missionaries and evangelists, really, and they always had a circle of, of non-believing friends around them. And they actually had one group that said, hey, we'd like to go through this thing, the story of God, where people share orally the story from creation to, you know, new heavens, new earth, and all the redemption and... Uh, life that happens in between. And so we thought, oh, that's great. We'll start a new missional community. We'll send these two people out 
on their own. There's no one committed to being community with them. There's just a bunch of people wanting to look in. There's definitely a mission, but no one's going to partner shape life, you know, with them. And we sent them out and it was a total, you know, like, Lone Ranger yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, and they were tired. Uh, they were beat up and the people that they were on mission to didn't get to see community at all. They didn't get to see the family of God. They weren't welcomed into, into that at all. They were just sort of showing up and watching our friends, you know, do teaching for them. And so it really wasn't a multiplication either. Hmm. Yeah, that's good, man. And, and we have, we've been there at times where we have sent leaders out, um, or when I say leaders, I mean like a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, yeah, I mean, you guys are awesome. You're rock stars. Like, you're faithful. You know, you're available. You're teachable. You're responsive, right? And so we're going to send you out mm-hmm. with these people that uh, maybe they're Christians, maybe they're not. I don't know, but they said they'll follow you. And so go lead a missional community, right? And really, they're the only ones who's uh, come to find out that are truly interested in making disciples, right? Who make disciples, yeah. and, and they get very lonely very quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we've, we've done that several times, and we've had to... Uh, bring missional community, so to speak, back in because of that, mm-hmm. of, of sending somebody out without a committed community really around them. So I uh, can totally see that myself, man. So let's just finish <laughs> working through the equation for the sake of uh, fun then. So if you have, okay, let's say equipped leaders and a committed community, uh, mm-hmm. man, that love each other and, and they truly are, man, just excited about Jesus, but there's no common mission, then what do you end up with? Yeah, I think it begins to feel like a pyramid scheme or yeah, just a, a, you know, grassroots movement, like the selling of, you know, Avon and, you know, pampered chef or something, you know, it's like, Hey, you get, I know I do too. I want someone in bread and wine to sell pampered (laughs) chef so bad, Uh, but nobody does. Uh, But what you do with those, you know, schemes is it's like, Hey, well, you're a good person. You go find two other people. They go find two other people. Eventually, you know, it's it is it's a it's a triangle. Uh, is kind of how people imagine it, um, and I think that's what happens when you don't have mission. the The goal begins to be: can we gather people to ourselves, and we see leaders grow in maturity, and then we, you know, they kind of split off. We send them out, but there's no uh, there's no means or even goal towards how are we reaching our city? How are we going into the darkest parts of our city? How are we proclaiming the gospel uh, to those who haven't heard? How are we um, loving people who don't receive uh, love in our culture? Hmm. Uh, and I think if if you're missing the mission, it's kind of, at least to me, it feels like pointless. You know, and I'm a super, you know, mission person, I guess. Uh, but I, I think I'm just a Christian, you know? Uh, the, the soul gets... Uh, tired when we, you know, sort of multiply Christian community just for ourselves. Mm. Um, if it's not a missionary endeavor, it just feels like some sort of scheme that we Christians have come up with so that people feel like they belong or they have friends kind of thing. At least that's how I feel. That's the most cynical way of putting it. But uh, we've done that as well, too. Um, and it really hurts the, the, new, the new communities. Fantastic, man. So equipped leaders plus committed community plus common mission equals new missional communities. Totally. And I think that answers so many people's questions about it. You know, it helps answer the next steps. So even with communities, when I'm sitting down, 
And I'm like, okay, you're feeling like God's leading you to multiply. How do you guys see yourselves, you know, working out this equation? And those communities will say, oh, I guess these new leaders and this new uh, committed community, they don't have a mission. I guess that's our next step is for those people to be praying about mission. Or, oh, we don't have leaders. It's like, oh, sweet. How can we apprentice, train up, develop leaders so that they can go out? It kind of answers, to me at least, all the next step questions. It's perfect. I'm thinking I'm going to write a book about this stuff. <laughs> or or have you already done that? Oh, man, I have already done that. That's what I figured. Um, it's called Multiply Together, and it's the final book in our series of missional community books that I undertook with Gospel-Centered Discipleship. And uh, it's written for pastors, for people like you know me and you, Jared, uh, to know how do we help a movement of missional communities, not just lead one specific one. So the first half is all about multiplication. Second half is all about um, how do we coach and support those communities and those leaders after they've been sent. Awesome. So man. that's the little nice commercial. Thanks that's for setting fantastic. that up for me. Yeah, man. And I expect it'll do really well in sales until I write my book, Sunday School Now. <laughs> I can't wait for Sunday School Now. Um, <laughs> Oh, you know, it's only it's funny, funny to me, I'm sure. But anyway, no, you know, there are people in our church who are like who <laughs> come to where we gather really regularly to do, uh, you know, DNA like discipleship, nurture accountability groups. And they call it Sunday school. And it's it's, awesome. it's so funny to me that that's what they're calling it. But that's what <laughs> they do. They're like, yeah, we're here for Sunday school. Yeah. It's like, really? Because the coffee's free? But <laughs> that is why. It's because the coffee's free. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> exactly. So I think there's still some answering to be done for this question. How do you lead uh, a community through multiplication? Or how do you lead that even as a pastor? So Jared, how do you kind of structure your church or help help multiplication happen in your context in your church? Yeah, for us, um, I think obviously it has to start with who God is and what He's done, right? And so um, God is. We try to we try to make sure our folks know that man. When you look through the Scripture, you can see that God has just woven multiplication into the fabric of creation, right? Mm. And so that's just healthy things multiply. I mean, it's just if you look at, um, mm-hmm. right, whether it's plants or animals, uh, people, right? I mean, if, mm-hmm. if everything's working as it should be, we're, we're able to multiply. And so therefore we think that disciples should make disciples and churches should plant churches and missional communities should multiply to new missional communities. So we measure success not mm-hmm. by addition, but by multiplication, right? So we, we just try to just continue to beat that drum over mm-hmm. and over and over. But um, then on, on just a practical level, what we do, and um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'd love to hear from you, Brad, after this. But for us, what we do is we, um, you know, if we have a missional community, we obviously try to launch one with an apprentice to have the equipped leaders, plural, like you said, to have uh, someone else who who is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. locking arms with kind of the point person, the, the, the lead, you know, missional community leader, so to speak. And so... Um, so it starts with having an apprentice. It starts with having somebody who we've identified as, hey, you know what, this person at some point is going to be sent out to lead another missional community. And so mm-hmm. um, for the apprentice, what, what I encourage our MC leaders to do is, man, to spend a majority of your time pouring into your apprentice. And so like if you, for example, have someone over from your missional community 
um, like for a meal, you know what I'm saying, like throughout the week or whatever else who, who might not be that engaged or maybe not even a Christian, um, make sure your apprentice is there, right? Because they need to watch you and they need to have as many touches as possible to see kind of uh, how you do what you do and why you do what you do. And so mm-hmm. um, it really we kind of follow the model. I don't remember where we took this from. I mean, um, I, I don't remember, so I'm not going to give it credit to anybody you might know, but it's kind of the model of, you know, <laughs> for our apprentice, I do, you watch, I do, then you help. Um, you do, I help, and then you do, and I watch and cheer, you know, cheer you on. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea of they're watching and we're telling them, like as we lead discussions, maybe in our, if we have like a formal discussion or as we plan for, uh, you know, like our proactive mission or as we're engaging um, a, a broken marriage and we're trying to bring the gospel to bear on it, we're, we're, we're bringing them in to watch and we're saying, hey, here's why mm-hmm. I'm doing what I'm doing. But then eventually we're given opportunities to help, right? And so we're giving them more responsibilities uh, to the apprentice. And so they're having opportunities to teach. They're having an opportunity to help kind of lead out and making sure that people are in fight clubs, which is, I think you guys call them DNAs. Or I'm not sure what you call them, but um, our, yeah. our gospel-centered accountability groups. And so uh, we begin to give more opportunities for that. And then we um, try to help them grow in self-awareness, you know, just understanding mm-hmm. who they are. It's amazing to me how many people have no idea like who they are. Right. Uh, they have no idea yeah. how God has wired them. And so we just try to really help build that into them. And so obviously we mm. try to remind them of their gospel identities and what it looks like to live that out in the everyday stuff of life. And they're seeing that um, in our missional communities. But we're also doing things like a DISC personality test. I mean, there's a million mm. of those out there, right? But we use DISC because right. that's the one I'm most familiar with. Um, we give them a spiritual gifting test. And, and obviously, like, we don't think the test is just, like, authoritative, but it does kind of give us some talking points. And it helps us kind of see... Um, if, if what the test is saying, if it's really true in real time scenario, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So if, if someone says they have an evangelistic gifting, but we like, they have never shared the gospel, or never had a desire to, we're like, well, okay, maybe the test lied, you know, but, yeah. um, we give them the test and, and we kind of begin <laughs> to see like, Hey, what are some of the tools that we believe God's given them? Like, how do they see the world? You know, do they have more mm-hmm. of an apostolic top view of the world or evangelistic or prophetic or a teaching, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, we just help them to understand kind of, hey, this is how you're wired. This is how you're naturally going to lead. And therefore, a lot of this, this is going to be some of your strengths and this is going to be some of your weaknesses, right? This is going to be your sweet spot. Yeah. There's going to be your blind spot. And so, um, and then a lot of all that, while that's going on, man, we're just praying alongside them um, that God would give mm-hmm. them a passion for a specific people, right? And and we're and we're also letting the group know of, hey, this this guy, I mean, he's going to lead a missional community someday. And we want you to be praying about joining mm-hmm. him in that and that God would align your heart wherever that mission is going to be, that the Holy Spirit, he already knows, right? And so that he would yeah. go before you and begin to stir your hearts towards that as well. And so that whenever he comes together, he begins to say, man, I think this is where God's calling me. Like it just ignites your heart. And and, and if, and if you know, there's someone in the, in the community and they're like, hey, you know what? We're not really super passionate about either, you know, this mission that we're in currently right now or the new mission. Mm. We're just here to serve. Like we're just, we're just excited about the mission of Jesus. Right. And, right. and they don't have like a specific, like narrowed razor sharp, you know, passion, um, then what we encourage them to do is, hey, get involved in the missional community where your gifts are best used. And so we do, we, right. we talk about gifting with all of our community, right? Like this is how you've been wired, and this is your personality and your passions and, and, mm. and your gifting. And then we say, hey, get plugged in to a community where your gifts can be best used. So if you have a leader who's very yeah. shepherdly but not very uh, evangelistic possibly, you know, it's like, hey, you got to get to the evangelism. Like they're going to need you over there. You know, you're always thinking about reaching uh, non-Christians. And this dude's always thinking about, just loving on and making sure our people are growing the gospel. Both are necessary, 
right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, maybe you should be over there since I'm a leader that's already uh, evangelistic in my gifting. So then at that point, man, as we pray through that, and we begin to kind of sort out who's going to go where, that sort of thing. Um, once we have the leaders in place, you know, we have someone else that can go with them that's going to be fully on board and, and we see as a potential um, missional community leader once we've kind of put the groups together like that. We then bring them up on Sunday mornings at our gathering, and uh, we give an opportunity mm. to share their vision, to call other people to maybe leave their missional communities and be a part of the one they're starting. And uh, and then we lay hands on them, and, and we commission them, man, send them out, and pray that uh, God will make many disciples through it. So that's that's what we do. So Yeah, that's awesome. So you're saying you, you guys put a lot of effort e- even into that first piece of how do we raise up leaders, help them grow in awareness? How do we give them opportunities to lead and receive feedback? That's kind of, at least if I hear you correctly, that's almost seems like 75% of what, you know, your guys's role, even as pastors, leaders in the church, you're putting a lot of time into that to see multiplication happen. You know, it almost yeah. everything kind of falls into place in terms of you invite people to join that community, you help them discover a mission, then that's kind of like you just get to celebrate it and commission people in front of everyone. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's 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 very safe to say. 75% of it, it seems like, is definitely an, an investment in the um, the one that will be leading the missional community. So, um, But also try not to neglect the other pieces of right. the oh, yeah, totally. yeah, the equation so <laughs> yeah totally no i think that's that's awesome and you know i don't really have that much to add to that other than you know maybe just a few tips for people as they're you know engaging in that process of multiplying a community um i think one thing to do uh is to set real clear dates so like dates just help so much the mind and the emotions you know work towards something that's going to be you know, really instrumental in their life. And I think multiplication is, you know, the final and the greatest, you know, communal discipline that a group does. They say, hey, this group will never be the same. We're, but for the sake of mission, we're going to send people out to start a new group focusing on a new mission. It's because we believe the gospel, we're going to do this. It's so beautiful. And it really changes the disciples that participate in that. Um, and the date just really helps. So I can't tell you how many communities have worked towards multiplication and never set a date until it's like, oh, yeah, so we're going to do it next week. (laughs) It's like, oh, man, that's like so not enough time. Like if you tell people when it's going to happen, they actually get to participate in it. Um, The other thing that I would say that's that's just really crucial is to not just sugarcoat the whole thing. Like everything I just said about it's so true. Like it's really beautiful. It's really wonderful. It's also really hard. So just good. Relationally. Yes. Yeah. And so often we want to just like, you know, give the positive spin on it and be like, yeah, it's really great. But, you know, like I remember, you know, as a kid, my parents moved over to, you know, like traditional missions sort of stuff, moved overseas. And it was really sad at the airport, like never seen my grandfather cry before or since then. But my grandfather, strong man, weeping in an airport uh, because we were leaving and Mm. my, my life would never be the same. His life would never be the same. Mm. Um, It's actually really sad Mm. and it would just be disingenuous to just kind of come up and be like, Hey Gramps, you know, God's called us to do this. So like no need to weep. Um, We even see that in like the church of Antioch, their sadness in sending them the church of Ephesus saying goodbye to Paul, their sadness. 
um, the the Christian message, the the movement of the church does not neglect the sadness and the grief that happens when the spirit leads people to to go to new places, even if it's, it's good just to the neighborhood across from ours. You know, it's still there's still a, a, a broken thing that's that's happening. Uh, people are uh, kind of going different ways and there should be a sadness there and we should give people space for that. Brad, I would even add to that, man, quickly, if I can, that if you don't grieve uh, over the multiplication mm-hmm. of your missional community, you should probably grieve that you're not grieving. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's just a sign that, man, like, have you really even lived like family? You know, mm-hmm. have you really even had an opportunity to live life on life together? Probably not. Right. Because you're going right. to grieve the fact that, yeah, man, this is a different season. And I'm going to it's like I've heard Jeff say before, it's like sending a kid off to college. Mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing, right? Like it's what you want. You want your kids to grow up right. and, and be able to be sent off and eventually get married and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it's still sad, right? Cause it's kind of yeah. the end of a new season. I mean, of, of a season, right? It's sort of a new one. So yeah, totally, man. I, yeah, totally agree with that. And you know, I think the very last thing that I would say just tip wise is uh, to give everyone in the community the opportunity to participate in the sending. You know, like like you said, you bring people up in front on your regular worship gatherings and you pray for them and your church gets to participate in that, which is so beautiful. You know, other things that we've done too is on that, that like big event moment of saying, hey, there now are officially two communities. When that date arrives, you know, we put the people joining that community in a circle and, uh, you know, in someone's home and we pray over them. And we even have somebody, you know, writing down on a piece of paper, like the words that people are praying, Mm. the blessings that people are Mm. praying, um, where everyone from, you know, you know, Joe, the plumber to, you know, the pastor of our church, uh, everyone in between is like writing and giving blessings and participating in the sending of people and and whatever it takes to do that, whether it's, you know, throwing a, an actual birthday party kind of thing or um, or whatnot, like we should we should allow people to participate in it, you know. Um, and then the 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 other way that we really help communities participate in the sending of a community or the multiplication is uh, we kind of map out ways that the the two communities will stay engaged for a brief period, you know, it's, they don't have to be engaged for, you know, 20 years in relationship with each other, but we'll kind of put on the calendar, like, Hey, um, in a couple months, we're all, we're going to get the two communities together and just sort of hear evidence of God's grace and Mm, what's going on. Um, and a lot of times holidays work really well, or they have for us, you know, like, Hey, we're going to get everyone together. And, um, at Thanksgiving, because we're a big extended family, we're going to get together at Thanksgiving. We're going to really share what's been going on and hardships or, or even, you know, there's simple ways like currently right now, one of the ways we're participating in a community that we've sent out is with childcare. So we do a childcare swap. So, you know, on Wednesday nights, when we get together, they send a couple people over to take care of our kids on Thursday nights. When they get together, we send a few people over to take care of their kids. And it's so, I mean, it's so awesome because our kids are connected to the people that love them and the whole last year of life and, and we get to serve them and, and it's a, it's a joining there, um, that I think is beautiful. So however that happens, I think communities should think even the, the deadline or whatnot isn't just the sending date, but it's, it goes beyond that as a support and encouragement for one another. Hmm. 
It's fantastic, man. Very good. I think we've, you know, accurately, at least a little bit, answered that question on multiplication, uh, hopefully. Um, and like you said, you can always just buy my book to learn everything. <laughs> uh, Absolutely, man. <laughs> Go and get it if you want to build a mega church. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a great, uh, great conversation, Jared. Indeed, man. Look forward to doing it again soon, brother. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. This podcast is produced by Saturate. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by creating resources, providing training, doing coaching, and consulting with churches, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.